We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for all of you fine folks out there listening. And we've made it. It is now Sunday, May 1st. It's a new month. Wake up, wake up, wake up. Y'all know the rest. Um, And the draft is over. And for some of you, that may be heartbreaking because it's always an exciting time leading up to the draft, researching all the different players basking in all of the different rumors and who's going where and who's available for what. And this team's looking to trade up. This team's looking to trade back. None of it happens. Well, maybe it did happen this year. I believe there was like a, a record breaking nine trades in the first round of the draft. Um, and that that's in addition to, I believe all of the trades that took place before the draft that, you know, that shuffled things around 49ers included giving up that pick uh, for Trey Lance. So it was definitely, despite how much everybody talked about the lack of like high-end talent in this draft, it was definitely a very interesting draft. Um, a lot happened. The first round was entertaining to watch. Um, so overall, it was, it, you know, it lived up to it. Obviously, the, the draft, having the draft in the Vegas seemed awesome. The fact that we got to watch the uh, the two-time back-to-back 1993-1994 blockbuster video game champion and true online video gaming superstar in Dr. Disrespect read off the 49ers third round pick. I mean, that was just the highlight of the draft, obviously for me and for all of you, because I know everybody here knows who Dr. Disrespect is. There's just be, it would just be a crime against humanity for you not to know who the, uh, you know, the six foot eight gaming great is, but it was an interesting draft. I still enjoyed it. Obviously things did not kick off for the 49ers until day two. Now, that didn't stop day one from being interesting, though, because everybody was watching, wondering if the 49ers were going to part ways with one Debo Samuel, and they did not. And the only offer that really, really, it was uh, reported that the Lions made an offer, but it was also reported that the Jets made an offer. 
Um, a rather laughable offer, if you ask me. They were going to give the 49ers the number 10 pick, which, make no mistake about it, that's a very valuable, that's a top 10 selection. They were going to give the 49ers, or they wanted to give the 49ers, the 10th overall pick, uh, in addition to a fifth rounder in exchange for, obviously, Debo Samuel and the 49ers' second round pick, number 61, which just doesn't seem like it's anywhere near enough. And that's exactly how Kyle Shanahan reacted to it after the draft. Like, yeah, that, that wasn't anywhere close. And that was in addition to the fact that they never acted like they wanted to trade him to begin with. So, and the, and the 49ers stuck to that. It was really interesting to see the different body language from, I mean, obviously it was just John Lynch before the draft who looked miserable. He looked uncomfortable. He looked frustrated. And I don't know if that was entirely from the Debo Samuel nonsense or just from the fact that, He's obviously probably been working his ass off on the way up to the draft. But in that press conference afterwards with John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, they both seemed at ease. They both seemed upbeat. Kyle Shanahan was smiling. Even when he was asked about Debo Samuel, he seemed very confident that they would be able to work that out. And uh, we'll see. I know there was a report by Jeremy Fowler of ESPN that Debo Samuel was still dug in and the fact that he did not want to be a San Francisco 49er anymore. And we'll see how that unfolds. Um, I have a feeling that if the 49ers can get Debo Samuel into the building, talk face-to-face, put a contract in front of his face, start doing some negotiating, they will probably be able to work it out. Now, obviously, anything can still happen at this point, but that is what I would put my money on at this point. But anyways, I am here to run you through the entire draft, to break down every player selected, give you some quick notes on my quick research. Obviously, it's only been about a day since the end of the draft, so I haven't had a a chance to just completely dive into every single one of these players. But I wanted to look at every single one of them, watch their interviews after the draft, um, watch a little bit of their tape, see what they're capable of, see what they're going to bring to the 49ers, and see... kind of where they fit on the 49ers roster. Because when you're talking about a team that is a a legitimate Super Bowl contender, and they still are in the 49ers, you don't just make the roster. You know, like uh, there was a point when Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch first came in where every pick all the way through the seventh round was making the roster. Well, that's not the case anymore. It doesn't have to be the case. It can be the case, but it's just a different, you know, where they fit. And the competition they're going to face on the roster matters a lot. So without further ado, let's get into it. The 49ers led off with their 2022 draft class with defensive end Drake Jackson out of UFC. Uh, USC. Um, I think I said UFC again, and I think I've done that already. Uh, he's a big boy, 6'4", 250, and that weight is a big part of his talking point. Um, he fluctuated all the way from like 245 to 275. Uh, he, in his post-draft interview, um, said that in w- one of his big weight fluctuations after the after his career was he found out in th- that leading up to the combine that he was going to be put with the linebackers as opposed to like defensive ends being with the defensive line. He was going to be put with the linebackers. So he made the decision to lose a little bit of weight so that he could you know, kind of compete with that group and be as agile as some of those linebackers are going to be. And then since the combine, he's jumped back up to his, what he called his freshman weight. Apparently when he came into USC, he weighed 275 pounds. And at one point he lost a lot of weight. I believe he battled an illness at one point that, that caused him to lose a lot of weight. There's just a lot of storylines in regarding to Drake Jackson's weight. 
But I believe he's back up to around 275. The 49ers are going to have to ask him to play defensive end, just like Nick Bosa. Uh, probably going to come in there opposite Nick Bosa on those obvious passing downs. Uh, and, and from the start, I think it's just outstanding value. You know, I think that this is a pick that I believe it was on Haberman and Middlecoff. Um, obviously, Middlecoff used to be an NFL scout, and he said he was texting with some of his scouting buddies that said, you know, let's a, a phenomenal pick at the end of the second round. Uh, kind of has first-round talent, but wouldn't be a first-round pick in this draft. It's a really, really deep deep edge class. Um, but in the late in the second round, he said it was a great pick. And that was one of the things I talked about leading up to the draft, is like if the 49ers want to lessen the blow of having their first pick not be until the end of the second round, then they should go edge rusher. It was already a need, but if this is a deep edge rush class and has a lot of talent in it, then taking an edge rusher kind of, like I said, softens that blow of, of selecting later than you wish you were. And um, that's kind of what they did with the selection of Drake Jackson. Uh, like I said, a fringe first round talent, great value late in the second. He's uh, He's got great technique. He's he's not a power guy. He's more of a speed guy. Now, now that he's jumped up to 275 pounds, and you know he's going to get in, a, in an NFL weightlifting program. Maybe that power will start to show up. Um, but he's very, very good. Te- he has very good technique, uh, very good bend, very good movement skills. Seems comfortable in space. Um, I liked watching him. He just looks like he's uh, he's going to be what the 49ers need him to be, which is probably more on the speed side of things. Uh, not less of a run stopper, more of a go get the quarterback type of guy. Um, he obviously is going to benefit from Chris Kasurik, you know, the 49ers defensive line coach, uh, Drake Jackson seems like a kid in a candy store. He just seems so young, so excited. I believe he just turned 21, which is ridiculous. He is a young, young guy. And, um, somebody like Chris Kasurik that's mentored some of the best will have a lot to offer such a young and, and moldable player. Uh, he obviously at USC, he had experience with kind of like an NFL coaching carousel, uh, a lot of fluctuation with that coaching staff, a lot of, uh, less than ideal circumstance. So maybe even though the 49ers over the past, you know, three or four coaches haven't proven to be like a model of civility, but they sure as hell have since Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch stepped in there. So, um, him moving to the 49ers will obviously give him a little bit of stability that he just frankly hasn't had in college. And one of the things he said in his press conference was, Hey, as soon as I'm getting out there, I'm finding Nick Bosa. I'm shaking his hand. I'm uh, absorbing everything that man will tell me because uh, he puts fear in the eyes of, of offensive tackles. So um, good pick for the 49ers really like this pick. I, I had no problems with it. Obviously he's their second round pick, so he's going to make the roster, but man, is he joining just a group of defensive end, defensive linemen, uh, Charles Omenahu, uh, Kamiko Ture, who they just signed, Eric Armstead, Nick Bosa, Samson Ebukam, uh, Kevin Givens, Maurice Hurst, Kerry Hyder Jr., Jordan Willis, Javon Kinlaw, uh, you know, Hassan Ridgeway, who they added. It's just, I mean, there's a ridiculous group of defensive tackles and defensive ends that they are going to have to sort through. And, you know, that includes Drake Jackson, although I would never say that, that there's a risk of him being released but or, you know, not making the roster. But, dang, man, what a group. What a group. All right, round three, running back, Tyrion Davis-Price, LSU, as announced by the one and only Dr. Disrespect. Um, 
a bit of a head scratcher. You know, that's that's just at least my surface level take. Uh, he had 211 carries for a thousand yards uh, and six touchdowns last season for LSU, and obviously those that's against good teams as part of the SEC. Scored six times, uh, not much of a threat in in the pass game. Uh, didn't do a whole lot there. Only caught ten passes for 64 yards. So I mean, I just I don't know. I I don't know what the 49ers see in him that warrants him being taken in the third round. Now again, I, I'm not totally down on this pick. He has some intriguing stats. His 10-yard split, like his time it takes him to sprint 10 yards, is pretty impressive. It's on the higher percentile side of things, um, which means he's going to get the ball in his hands and be able to create some quick space and and hopefully hit the hole wherever that would be. Uh, but, again, just to kind of get through the – you know what? No, let, let's talk about that a little bit. He's, he seems like he's got, like I said, good short area quickness, good burst. Seems like he's he's going to be good in Kyle Shanahan's scheme, where he just wants players to uh, to get to wherever they're supposed to be and then cut up field and go. Uh, that's where his strength is going to be. He seems like he's got good patience. He's willing to sit behind offensive linemen, allow holes and allow areas to, break, to open up, which is a lot of what that outside zone does. Is you kind of stretch the defense out, and eventually a hole will break, and it's up to the running back to see that developing and just bam, smash right through it. Um, he did say in his post-draft interview something I thought was interesting, that he was going in to be the one-two punch with Elijah, and he, meaning Elijah Mitchell, uh, the 49ers' sixth-round pick from last year that really broke out over the season. Um, but, to, you know, it's just an interesting quote because he didn't mention Trey Sermon, the 49ers' third-round pick from last year. And taking a running back in the third round for the second consecutive year, to me, after what we saw from Trey Sermon last year, which wasn't a whole lot, it kind of signifies a lack of confidence in Sermon. And, and I don't think the 49ers would have felt the need to take a running back in the third round of this year if they felt like Trey Sermon was on his way to being the man. You know, and that kind of goes back to Tyrion's quote. Like, I'm going in to be the one-two punch with Elijah. Like, okay, what about the guy they took in the third round last year? Now, this could all be premature. And Trey Sermon could work out, develop into uh, you know a one-two punch along with Tyrion. You know, one-two-three punch along with uh, Tyrion and uh, and Elijah. But I mean, there's there's just nothing. There's no beating around the bush. It, it's it's a concerning pick in terms of value that the 49ers have been able to find from running backs, whether late in the draft or as undrafted free agents. And it, it's also concerning considering who they took last year. So it's tough to say. It's just tough to say what this pick means and what it's going to mean for the 49ers. Could it work out? Could he, could he develop into a 49ers like premier running back? Of course. But it just it just seems odd. It, it, there, it, there's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I guarantee you if you looked up draft grades for the 49ers, this pick right here would probably be their worst graded pick. And it probably wouldn't be close. So just a little bit of a head scratcher. We'll see how it works out. His grandpa was a 49ers fan, so he grew up uh, a 49ers fan in a way. Uh, during his, his post-draft presser, he talked about he kind of had that Marshawn Lynch mindset. Like, look, I'm going to play the game physical, and I'm going to hit guys over and 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 over, as Marshawn Lynch said, uh, until the point where they don't want none of that anymore and they don't want to tackle you no more, uh, which is obviously a valuable trait. Um, I was reading on Pro Football Focus that he he didn't do well didn't do too well as far as yards after contact. That doesn't mean that he doesn't initiate the contact and 
and doesn't win the contact matchup and put the other guy on his ass. But according to Pro Football Focus, he doesn't too, do too well after contact. So, um, again, not a bad player, just an odd place for the 49ers to take him. Uh, as far as draft grades grow, he was projected to be a later. You know, I believe um, Chad Chad Reuter, out of the, who does all of the draft profiles for NFL.com, had him going somewhere in the fourth and fifth round. And the 49ers took him in the third. So a little bit of a reach per his analysis. Uh, this is actually Lance Zerline's analysis. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. We'll see on that one. Um, it's not that the 49ers didn't need running backs. Because they did. We saw how that played out last season. How their running backs were just how they, uh, you know, you had the injury to Jeff Wilson Jr. Even Elijah Mitchell was being injured. Uh, Trey Sermon dealt with some injury. That's why Debo Samuel had to start stepping in and, and playing that role. And so there was a clear need at running back. I just don't know if it was in the third and, and for the second consecutive year. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. But we'll see. Also in the third round with pick 105, was wide receiver out of SMU Danny Gray, who uh, had some was a pretty pretty fun film to watch. Um, at least the little bit I was able to dive into last season, he had forty nine catches for eight hundred and three yards and nine touchdowns. He averaged sixteen point four yards per catch, um, which is a, a pretty 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 stat line. I don't know what kind of passing game um, SMU has, and whether those numbers are commensurate with the type of offense they had. 
Um, but with him, speed, lots of speed, lots of speed. He ran a 4-3, and he's good at converting that speed in yards. Um, the you know It seemed like SMU kind of had a little bit of Kyle Shanahan in their scheme and the fact that there was a lot of times where they got uh, Danny Gray to catch a ball in space, and he was very, very good at using that speed to cut angles and, and get the defense to take bad angles and take take balls to the house. So um, lots of speed, <laughs> lots of speed. Inconsistent hands, not the greatest hands. That'll be his his consistent knock that you see throughout his draft analysis, and um, he had some focus drops, uh, but maybe that's something you can live with. Now, is that going to improve once he get in? Once he gets into the 49ers facility, uh, I would I would bet. Yeah, I would I would I would bet on him knowing that that is one of his main weaknesses, and he'll improve it. But when you're talking about a guy that runs four three and can turn any play into a touchdown, you're willing to live with some bumps. And and the 49ers, I mean, look at Debo Samuel. He's had uh, some crazy drops, but you don't give a shit because it's Debo Samuel and he makes play after play after play. So, uh, you know, as long as Danny Gray is, it's a fun name to say too, Danny Gray, as long as he is, is making plays, then 49ers fans and coaches will be able to live with some of the drops, but you know, like you still got to catch the ball, especially when you're in training camp, trying to fight Jawan Jennings for that wide receiver three role. Not obviously not the same type of player. Jawan Jennings brings a completely different aspect to his game to the offense, but um, Gray's going to need to make sure that he is, uh, he's working on those hands because that just can't be something you put on display throughout training camp, especially with a quarterback like Trey Lance throwing you the football, uh, who has some heat on it. So he's going to need to work on that. But other than that, I, li- I like what he brings to the table. He needs to work on his routes. Sometimes they aren't quite as sudden as they need to be. Some of his breaks are a little lazy. He starts telegraphing. You know, the top of the route, he starts to come up a little bit with his with his stance, which, uh, you know, with for a guy that has 4-3 speed, you're going to need to make every route seem like it's a 4-3 route, like you are taking off and you are going down the field. And that is what's going to create him as separation, his ability to make every defender feel like this is the one and this is when he's going downfield. And then all of a sudden he's breaking for the sideline, breaking towards the middle of the field. So he's going to need to work on his routes. He's going to need to work on his suddenness. He's going to need to work on his ability to sell the deep route every play. For him, every route needs to look like a go until it's not. And that's going to be his biggest challenge is, is pushing himself in a way where he knows that every route needs to be that threat of speed if he wants to get open. Um, so seems like a, a very logical pick for the 49ers, something with a clear role. Uh, just a deep threat to take the top off. And uh, we'll see how much he works his way into the 49ers lineup as a rookie. Now, the 49ers didn't seem like they were really all that willing to push the ball deep down the field along the sidelines all that often. But maybe that was a product of Jimmy Garoppolo being inaccurate on deep passes um, and not preferring just not to throw them. So maybe now that we've seen Trey, now that now that we've got Trey Lance coming into the starting lineup, we will see more of those passes attempted. Obviously, Trey Lance will be much better outside the numbers deep down the field. So Danny Gray will 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 step right into that and we will see what he's got it. With pick with in round four, pick one thirty-four, the 49ers went with online Spencer Burford out of UTSA. I believe I'm saying that right. I, I want to say Buford, but it's not, it's Burford. 
Uh, big boy, big offensive lineman, 6'4", 304 pounds. Um, I guess that's that's pretty average for an offensive lineman. Uh, tackle guard versatility. You will see that as a theme when it comes to all the offensive linemen that the 49ers drafted. Tackle guard versatility. Um, could uh, uh, friend Jared Brown um, has done a lot of stuff with the Niners. You might follow him on Twitter. Uh, coaches high school football, did some scouting stuff for Matt Miller, now of ESPN. Uh, said that there's a good chance that he could develop into a starter within a year or two. Uh, just has that type of talent, and it's not that he doesn't need you know that he doesn't need work. It's not that he's a perfect prospect, um, but he could definitely develop into somebody who starts for the 49ers. But for now, he gives them versatility and being able to move and back up several different positions. And uh, he's a decent blocker in space. He moves well. It seems like he has no problem getting to the second level. You know, I, and that's what it, one of his strengths when he was in the press conference, he was asked like, wait, what are your strengths and weaknesses? His weaknesses says he got, oh, he gets over aggressive at times, loses, uh, loses track of his technique. His hand placement could be better. But one of his strengths, he said, is one effort on every snap, uh, his get off, he moves quickly. And then he, he, he's good at getting to the second level, meaning he, he gets his initial block, whether that's on the defensive line or he just goes straight to the second level and gets those linebackers, which is, what breaks big plays uh, for offensive linemen is receivers getting good blocks and offensive linemen getting to the second level. So that's a good strength to have. He said the outside zone, which is what the 49ers run, is kind of his bread and butter from UTSA. And and that's that's good. It, it shows that he's going to be comfortable from the start from the uh, with the 49ers. He ran a, four, a 519 40-yard dash, which is pretty solid for – uh, and a guy his size. He has a really, really big lower half, a lot of power, and a lot of the 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 uh, the Knicks against his scouting profile that I saw was he just needs to to fill out to put on more strength. And he, I could see him doing that with the 49ers. I mean, one an NFL weight room does that for any player, but you could just look at his body type, and it looks like somebody who's got a lot of muscle mass to build. A lot of catching up to that lower half. Usually the lower half is like the dictator. If a player has like a huge butt, huge thighs, huge quads, huge legs, then you know the rest of the body can catch up with that. So that looks like it's going to be the case with Spencer Burford. And he's got plenty of veterans on that offensive line to learn behind as he uh, as he figures out what position he's going to play for the 49ers because he seems pretty comfortable everywhere. And he said that. Comfortable all over the line. So it'll be interesting to see where the 49ers put him. I mean, we knew the 49ers were going to go offensive line in this draft. I didn't necessarily think they would wait until the fourth uh, the fourth round to do it, but it happened, and there's a, quite a few offensive line picks in here. So um, in round five, pick 172, they went with cornerback Sam Womack out of Toledo. Dude has tons of pass breakups. I think he had the record. Um, for pass breakups in the uh, whatever conference Toledo is in. I knew it. It's at the MAC, I believe it is. Um, he said he had like, he was constantly leading his conference with pass breakups. Let me find them here for you. Um, he had 15 pass breakups in 2019 as a junior. And then uh, he must have uh, must have had an extra year in here somewhere. Uh, then he had seven the next year, and then he had 15 the year after that. He finished his career in Toledo with five interceptions um, and 39 pass breakups. 39. 
I mean, getting getting your hand on the football 39 times as a corner is impressive. So, you know, this could be kind of a sneaky pick for the 49ers. He's a smaller guy, 5'10", 187 pounds. Uh, he's always near the ball in the in the film I was watching. He's scrappy, likes to tackle, likes to get in there and, and mix it up. Uh, could be a, a candidate for, to fill the 49ers vacancy at nickel. Um, opened up by the departure of Kwan Williams, but the 49ers have other cornerbacks that are that are going to be competing at that spot. Let me uh, let me get over to him right now. You got Emmanuel Mosley. We don't know if he's going to be outside or inside. We've got Ambry Thomas, who ended the year outside, um, but could could go inside. You got Diamador Lenore. He's another guy that right around the same size, five. 5'10", 200 pounds. He could be another candidate, somebody else competing for that nickel role. You've got Chevarius Ward, but he's going to be their outside stud. Um, so there, theoretically, you've got Diamador Lenore, Amy Thomas, Emmanuel Mosley, and Samuel Womack that, that could be competing for that nickel corner role. So that could be an interesting battle that's going to play out uh, in training camp. In the sixth round, Booth pick 187. They went with offensive lineman Nick Zakelji. Uh, I believe that's how you say it, Zakelji. Um, out of Fordham, let me see where he's at here. Let me let me get his measurables up here in front of me. 6'6", 315 pounds. It's probably not Jakelji. There's no I there. Zik Zakelj. It's or something silent in there. Z A K E L J. Probably should have dug through that before I got on here, but it's all good. Y'all feel me? So um, the 49ers drafted him in the sixth round, pick number eight. Uh, another guy with with versatility. They have him as a tackle on here. He did a lot of guard work in the Senior Bowl. Said in his post draft presser that he could definitely see himself playing tackle and guard. Uh, seemed like a, a a good dude with a he- good head on his shoulders. Um, could be somebody that that really comes in clutch for the 49ers at a few different spots. He earned his master's degree at Fordham. Obviously, he's got got a brain on him. Um, that's not easy to do. And he said he's used to getting out in space, moving around. And you could see that in the Senior Bowl. He seemed like he he was very comfortable in space. Somebody, And that, that's a really an attribute of the 49ers offensive line, somebody that can get up and move, get out in front of their blockers, get those reach blocks, uh, get out into the second level, get those linebackers so that those running backs can come cutting through there on those outside zones. So another offensive lineman that could play guard and tackle. And that seemed to be the theme for a lot of the offensive linemen that the 49ers took. Uh, I think because they honestly don't necessarily know what they need. We still don't know if Alex Mack is retiring. Um, You've got Daniel Brunskill at guard. You've got, um, you know, a little bit of a competition there for left guard. And so the 49ers are kind of drafting guys that could slot themselves in Wherever you know, they've got guys along the line, just at school, Jalen Moore, Colton McKivitz, uh, just and like I said, Daniel Brunskill, who could be in a competition for his job. And they've got Aaron Banks, the second round pick from last year. So, um, they're bringing in guys that look like they may add legitimate competition to that room. Also, in the sixth round with pick 220 was defensive tackle Kalia Davis, Kalia Davis out of UCF, 6'2. 310 pounds. Excuse me, I had to clear my throat right there. What I found funny in his pre-draft, post-draft press conference was he's a pacer like me. Whenever I'm on the phone and I have to stay on the phone for more than like a minute, I start pacing and like walking around the house. It's like finding something to do while I'm on the phone. I don't like to just sit there. And he was doing the same thing on his Zoom call. 
he was just constantly pacing around the house talking to everybody. I thought it was hilarious, and I do the exact same thing. Um, Davis met with the 49ers at the Combine. He was brought in on official 30 visit, brought into Santa Clara. Uh, he does. He is in the middle of a torn ACL recovery. Otherwise, he probably would have been drafted a little bit higher. He's five months out of surgery. He might be a PUP candidate for the 49ers, meaning he suffered an injury before he got to the team. Um, we'll see. He's a DJ Jones lookalike. This guy is a tank. Like I said, 6'2", but 310 pounds. Like He is an absolute beast, an absolute unit. He looks a lot like DJ Jones. Um, and he's a former linebacker, which kind of should paint a picture in your mind of how he moves. He moves well. He moves fast. Um, and... I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing how this guy develops. Now, obviously, he's got a very significant injury to overcome, and to uh, but by the time training camp runs around, he'll be about six, seven months out of that injury, about seven months out of the injury. And, but you really don't start to see them take part in football activities until like nine months. So there's a strong chance he'll start on the PUP list, and maybe the 49ers will get some action by the end of the 2022 season. But I am looking forward to seeing what he does because he seems like a a beast, a little bit of a sneaky draft there. Um, Another one that might be a sneaky pick is the very next pick. The 49ers had the last two picks in the sixth round was quarterback Tariq Castro-Fields. I believe that's out of Penn. Let me make sure I check it. Yeah, Penn State. Um, 6'1", right around 200 pounds. Uh, Pretty productive. Made 33 tackles as a senior. Six pass breakups. Uh, didn't have any interceptions. Uh, the only he's had three interceptions. Two of them were in his junior year. Um, but just like just during the little bit I was able to watch him, he just seemed like he was down. Like he was making tackles. He was coming up and smacking, uh, smacking players. He was he was in the mix, and I could see why the 49ers liked him. He's got some intriguing measurables. You know, six one, two hundred pounds. He ran a four three forty. Um, he's played a lot of different coverages. He was projected to go in round four. The 49ers got him at the end of round six. Size, speed, he's good in man coverage. Uh, he said himself that he needs to work on his eyes, which Eric Crocker could tell you all about that. You know, if you're going to be looking at the quarterback, you're going to watch him complete a pass against you. So he said he had experience in many different types of coverages, man, zone, uh, all the different types of zones. Uh, It was just fun to watch. Uh, As far as coming up and run support, you know the 49ers love a corner that can come up and isn't afraid to tackle, isn't afraid to hit, and can be productive there. And he looks like he definitely fits that bill. Might be a good special teams gunner. I mean, he loves. He looked like he loved to hit. He's fast and he's big. He could he could easily work himself onto special teams as a gunner and have an impact there because that seems like it fits him to a T. Oh, just a bigger dude that's fast and loves to hit. So that could be something you see him sneak his way onto. But I like his ability, ability as a corner too, and just the way he plays. Uh, it could be uh, could be one of those corners that's uh, again, you're a late six round pick going onto a Super Bowl contending team. There is no guarantee that you make the roster. So the 49ers got a guy that that may be fighting for one of those last roster spots, and special teams may be the way that happens. Last but not least, the 49ers had the pleasure of drafting Mystery Relevant this year. And that is not me insulting the very last player to be drafted in the draft. That is just his his affectionately named title. 
the last player to be drafted is known as Mr. Irrelevant. They're given a jersey that says 262 on it, and it says Mr. Irrelevant, and that is quarterback Brock Purdy out of Iowa. 49ers love those. Now, this is Iowa State, but, you know, and I'm not really exactly sure what the 49ers saw in him. I mean, maybe he might make the practice squad. His senior season was was decent. I know at one point he was a very highly recruited quarterback. Um, in, his, in his senior season, he completed 71% of his passes, which is strong. Uh, just under 3,200 yards for 19 touchdowns and eight interceptions. So, I mean, outside of maybe personality and what they found during their meeting with him, I'm not really sure why this was the pick. What What's cool about having the very last pick of the draft is it's almost like you're guaranteed your premium undrafted free agent signing. Like, you know exactly who's going to be available as a undrafted free agent, which if you don't know this, undrafted free agency is like a battle royale. Every team is calling every player, trying to sign them first or offer them a little bit more of these these little guarantees they hand out so that that player will sign with their team. It is an absolute melee. It's chaos. And, you know, having the very last pick of the draft, you can say, okay, which undrafted free agents are we interested in? Which one's the most important? Let's just draft him right now. And so that theoretically was Brock Purdy out of Iowa State. 6'1", 220 pounds. Uh, All of his years were pretty close to the same. 16 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. 27 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. A little bit more there. 19 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. 19 touchdowns, eight interceptions. You know, I I don't know. I don't know, but cool. Good for him. I mean, he got drafted. We'll see what kind of noise he can make um, over training camp. Maybe earn himself a spot on the the practice squad. For now, you know, yes, there is a Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster. So Brock Purdy is going to have to contend with him. Obviously, you've got Trey Lance. But then you've got – Nate Sudfeld, who was given a contract that kind of seems like that team is planning on him being the uh, the primary backup to Trey Lance, unless things get super weird with Jimmy Garoppolo. But so it seems like Brock Purdy is a very very strong early candidate for the practice squad as that practice squad quarterback. So we'll see him. Like I said, after the draft, that was the 49ers' 2022 draft class. Um, you mean you can react to it however you want to react to it. Obviously. Some picks seem worse than others. Some picks might not be exciting, as exciting as others. But at the same time, you're not going to know what any of them mean for at least probably two or three years. And then we'll come back and look at it and see what we got. Um, you really don't know until then. Could be great. Could be horrible. Could be somewhere in between. We'll see. But like I said, after that draft, after that draft is over, it is the undrafted free agent battle royale. And I jumped on uh, 49ers Web Zones website. They had a, a solid uh, undrafted free agent tracker. And I believe the 49ers signed 13 undrafted free agents. I believe they're right up against their 90-man roster limit. Let's just run through these. The very first one, defensive tackle Kevin Atkins out of my alma mater, Fresno State. 6'3", 305 pounds, 41 tackles, 13 tackles for loss, and seven sacks last year in his senior year. Uh, definitely. Fresno State's a top defensive lineman. 
Um, so, I mean, you heard me talk about that group earlier. Super uphill battle for Atkins to make the roster, but you never know. You come in and you compete, could could end up on the practice squad or could end up being a surprise keep. You, you never know. Linebacker Jeremiah Gemmel out of North Carolina, 73 tackles, six and a half tackles for loss, one and a half sacks and an interception and three pass breakups and a forced fumble last year for Carolina. Then you've got running back Cyrus Habibi Alikiao. What a fun name to say. Out of Boise State. Fresno State's rivalry, 6'1", 210 pounds. Only had 374 rushing yards and two touchdowns on 107 carries as a senior. So obviously there's somebody, there's some there's some traits, there's some ability there that the 49ers want to try and take a look at and tap into. Cornerback safety Taylor Hawkins out of San Diego State. Um it's crazy. All of the first three of these guys, except for uh, linebacker Jeremiah Gemmel, have all come from uh, the 49er, or excuse me, Fresno State's conference. Um, 62 tackles, tackle for loss, two interceptions, and 10 pass breakups, and a forced fumble last year. That's cornerback safety Taylor Hawkins, 6'1, 205 pounds. Defensive back Quantrez Knight out of UCLA, six six feet tall, 199 pounds. Uh, 65 tackles, eight and a half tackles for loss, two and a half sacks, three pass breakups, and a forced fumble. And we're just rolling through them. Wide receiver Tazir Mack out of Pittsburgh. Interesting player here. 6'2", 190 pounds. Um, had a pretty successful season. 161 catches, 2,369 yards, and 12 touchdowns through his entire college career. But I believe I tweeted... Let me see his stats from just last season. Let me see. No, that's Tay Martin. Okay, the 49ers also added Oklahoma State wide receiver Tay Martin. Might as well get that out of the way right now. He is 6'3", 186 pounds, 80 catches for 1,046 yards, and 11 total touchdowns last season. So there's another player with, uh, with a little bit of intrigue there. That was the very next one on the list. Tay Martin. Linebacker Segan Otube, Olube out of San Diego State. That's two players out of San Diego State and another player out of the uh, Mountain West. 6'2", 220 pounds. Pretty productive. 52 tackles, two and a half tackles for loss, sack, pass breakup, two forced fumbles. 49ers seem like they have a pretty intriguing undrafted free agent class. One of the big names on here is safety Leon Neal out of Texas A&M. Um, I know that he was interviewed uh, he was looked at, uh, and he kind of had a 49ers Twitter spotlight on him. 6'1", 210 pounds, 58 tackles, three tackles for loss, a sack, two interceptions, and a touchdown. Um, and he was given a $10,000 signing bonus and a $50,000 guarantee, which is a decent amount for an undrafted free agent. A lot of those, don't they don't even get money like that kicked to them. So you can tell that the 49ers were eager to have Leon O'Neal on their roster and given their there'll be some competition at safety. You've got George Odom, you've got Talano Hufunga, you've got Tavarius Moore coming back, but you have no clear cut starter at safety. And maybe Leon O'Neal can can make himself a part of that. You never know. Um offensive lineman Jason Poe out of Mercer, 6'2, 295 pounds. I know this was another popular name that uh, a lot of people were expecting to get drafted. Right behind him, you've got Sam Schluter 
out of Minnesota. 6'6", 325 pounds. Woo! Um, let's keep going. Tight end Garrett Watson, 6'4", 245 pounds out of North Carolina. 37 catches for 439 yards and four touchdowns in his last two seasons with the Tar Heels. So not a whole lot of productivity there. Uh, we'll see. Most of these guys are brought in because they have measurables that are intriguing. And they obviously the 49ers have to fill out the roster. Last but certainly not least, one of the other big names and, and another guy to secure, I think, what is the biggest um, guarantee out of all of the 49ers undrafted free agents was offensive lineman Donovan West out of Arizona State. Uh, he was their center, I believe, 6'4", 300 pounds. I think a lot of people expected this guy to get drafted. So the 49ers gave him a ten grand signing bonus and a $100,000 guarantee. That is a guarantee given to somebody who you think has a good chance at making your roster as an undrafted free agent. So that's intriguing right there. Obviously, we all thought center was one of their primary needs given how little we knew about Alex Mack's retirement. And I didn't expect him to wait until undrafted free agency to get a center, but I know that uh, Donovan West has uh, has some intrigue to him, and you can tell by the contract the 49ers gave him that that they may they could see that panning out as well. But who knows? We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. And that wraps it up. Sorry, I had to clear my throat again. I usually just mute the mic and do it. I'm not trying to have a bunch of edits, you know, where they have to edit out me coughing in the microphone. But that pretty much wraps it up. I mean, that's a lot a lot of players. That, you know, a 13 undrafted free agent class. And then how many did they draft? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. That's 22 new players. 22 rookies coming into the 49ers facility in these coming weeks. And I believe the 49ers start practices next week. Probably rookie mini camps. Um, and again, it's going to be crowded. You got 22 of them coming in, and those are, and then they could invite other players too. So, pretty intriguing draft class. Um, a lot of those picks, we may be waiting a while to see how they pan out. I mean, I think the first three or four picks maybe might see some action early, but with a lot of the offensive linemen, they're going to be developing behind the uh, the clear starters. We'll see what happens with Alex Mack, um, but. You know, as when competitive teams that are already built draft outside of their, you know, the first few rounds, a lot of the times they're drafting for depth, quality depth, trying to find players that could be developed into starters later in the draft. And that seems to be the clear theme for what the 49ers were doing at the draft, getting some intriguing offensive linemen that could possibly earn starting spots later, getting some cornerbacks that can compete for spots um, but provide some quality depth there. But when it comes to uh, Drake Jackson, Ty Davis-Price, Danny Gray, those are guys that I think that have the the chance to jump in there right away and, and have an impact. And the rest of the guys, we'll see how they slot in, and we'll be getting a good idea uh, what that's going to look like throughout training camp. But that is the entire draft class. That is the entire undrafted free agent class. We'll learn, learn more about them. We'll talk more about them over the coming weeks. And obviously, we'll see where the uh, the Debo Samuel saga takes us from here on out. Hopefully, it doesn't drag on too long. Hopefully, the 49ers are just able to put pen to paper and get that man signed up for the next four or five years. But, hey, appreciate all you for listening to Strike and Gold. Thank you for making this podcast what it is. Thank you for all the support. Please jump on to whatever app or program you're listening to the podcast on. Give us a solid review if you if you believe in it. 
Um, download, rate, subscribe, review, pass the word on to your friends. I appreciate it. As always, I'm Rob Lauder. This is Striking Gold. And for another episode, we are signing out. Have yourselves a great week, everybody.